Like, just straight up knowing you have a guy like Yoshi on on your side on that field is a game changer. Like, an absolute, like, like if I'm going, if I'm going into a war with somebody, knowing that Yoshi is beside me, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, like, I can do this. You know, knowing that Yoshi is on the other side, I'm like, I might not make it out. Like, <laughs> the Country 107 Morning Show with Dave Anthony. Super excited to be joined now as we are each and every week prior to a Winnipeg Blue Bombers game. Friend of the show, tattooed vegan man of the year, eventually, I'm sure. John Rush. John, thanks for doing this today. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. I'm always excited to be here and talk some football. All right, before we get into football, man, how is the tattoo healing up? And why don't you tell us a little bit about the meaning behind it? Yeah, no, for sure. The tattoo, it's great. I'm always pretty lucky. My tattoos heal really well, but... Uh, yeah, I uh, I wanted to get a tattoo for Bailey because I didn't really have anything for her yet. So um, last last October, I dressed uh, Bone and Bailey up in, in ghost costumes. I, I bought a sheet and cut out eyes and stuff like that. Uh, and I got some really good pictures. So I got uh, kind of like an outline of Bailey in a ghost costume on my forearm. But then I realized, I'm like, well, now I need one for Bone too. Uh, so I think I'm going to turn it into like kind of like an angel-devil situation where... Bailey's going to be like the ghost on one arm, and I'm going to try and figure out how to make Bone like an angel on the other arm. That is pretty awesome, and a really good tribute to your dogs, that's for sure. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, I, I like dogs. Yeah, I get that. I, I think if anybody follows you on Twitter and Instagram, they understand that, yeah, you have a soft spot for animals. Uh, you don't really care too much for elks, though, and neither do the Bombers. Great segue into the Bombers destroying Edmonton 30-3. to Have you ever been a part or watched a more complete effort from a team that arguably could have won that game 60-3? to In professional sports, absolutely not. It was, it, I, like, I was watching, I was just like, this is insane. Like, this is, like, absurd to be watching that this is a professional game. Uh, you know, super happy for the Blue Bombers. Uh, I'd be super upset if I was the Elks because that was bad. Absolutely. Sorry, I'm choking on my own. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> we've, all, we've all been there. Yeah. We've all been there, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. But, uh, and, and uh, it could have been worse. John, it yep. could have been it could have been worse. Mike O'Shea is sticking with the kicking game despite fans getting pretty. I think they're getting more and more upset. Do you think yep. the locker room are they upset, or do you think that they're more like, "Okay, we're still winning. This will be addressed if it needs to be." What What do you think they're thinking of as each and every week it's still an issue? Yeah, that's that's like. That's kind of the interesting part uh, about it is, you know, like, like you said, like we are still winning and we are still winning very handedly. It's not like it's really coming down to that uh, yet, which as we've talked about before, it can, and it probably will at some point. So um, the locker room, you know, like, like, I've, you know, we've talked about before kind of thing, you know, if, if Michael Shea's on your side, you know, the locker room's kind of on your side. So I got to I gotta imagine that the, the locker room's still behind this guy. You know, they're seeing something that we're not clearly. If, they, if, if it's still been this many weeks and, you know, and they're still behind them. It's just that, that doesn't happen in any professional sport. 
right? That's not that's not just CFL, NFL, you know, NHL, anything like that. Like that doesn't happen to any professional sport. If you were you're not performing this many weeks in a row, and the coach is still behind you, you know, they're seeing something behind the scenes that you know that's kind of that's a little bit different. So, uh, you know, I think for me that this. If you know, like I said, if, if the coach is behind him, the locker room's definitely still behind him, and it's not becoming such an issue that they're losing games because of it mm-hmm. um, yet. Like yeah. I said, yet uh, because as we all know, punting and kicking in the, in the CFL is an enormous part part of the game. So once it starts becoming an actual issue that affects the outcomes of games, I'm sure it'll be much more pressing to address. But I think they're trying to give him that leeway, that time to grow and learn and, and become, a, you know, a good kicker in the CFL because they're, they obviously see that he can be. Yeah, but, and, I, uh, and I get that. Like, as from a fan's mm. point of view, I understand giving him a leash and you don't want to be making moves just for the sake of doing it. But I don't mind him figuring it out here in week 11 or whatever it is. I don't want him to still be figuring it out in the Western Conference Final, or if it's coming down to the Grey Cup, I, 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 I think they, they almost need to do a preemptive move thinking it could come down eventually, no? Or or I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, that's, you know, I was surprised they didn't bring anybody in during the bye week Yeah, uh, there. And even, you know, even then when it was kind of the, the NFL cutdown day as well, uh, I was pretty surprised that they didn't at least bring in you know, one of the NFL, I don't want to say rejects, but, you know, one of the guys that didn't make an NFL team. Yeah. Uh, I heard they did. I heard they have been talking to Medlock and they've been talking to a couple of other guys that are, are still trying to make it in the NFL. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I'm sure they are. You know, I'm sure they're kind of in talks and things like that. But, um, but like you said, like, you know, it's not that pressing right now, but it's, you know, like if it, it's surprising they hadn't brought in another guy yet. Um, to kind of push that envelope a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, if, if they're still trying to figure out in the, in the conference finals or anything like that or the Craig Cup, like, yeah, that's going to be a much bigger issue um, that we definitely we, – you can't afford. Because, no. Because, you know, it's great. It's great. You know, we're, you know, we're, we're killing every team right now. Um, but everyone always seems to forget that when the playoffs come rolling around, you know, it's one loss and you're out. Yeah, it's not right. a best of three. You know, it's, it's – yeah. One field goal, you know, a missed field goal can decide it, or, you know, it's it's really a very razor thin margin for error in the playoffs. Exactly right, and and you know, even just a couple of years ago, watching the the nine and nine Toronto Argos win the Grey Cup over, I forget what Calgary was that year, but it was like it was like fifteen and three or something like that, yeah. something crazy. You know, like yeah, you can have an unbelievably good regular season and. Still losing the Grey Cup. Yeah, and so. I think that's what the Bomber Brass kind of needs to defend against. You don't want to go down as this incredible team that dominated the regular season and couldn't get it done in the playoffs because the lasting narrative will be that you lost when it mattered the most. And my question yeah. would be, uh, you, you know other teams are going are gonna to know that, uh, John. Like, if I'm Edmonton's GM, I'm sitting there and Bombers want, you know, like a Sean White perhaps, my ask is going to be, Huge, because I know it's the missing piece to what the Bombers are arguably going to march to a Grey Cup. So maybe the Bombers are not liking the price tag right now of what it would cost to get somebody in. 
Well, yeah, exactly, right? So, like, if you're, you know, yeah, if you're the Elks GM right now who you know, has his own issues, but uh, <laughs> you're, you're asking you're asking a pretty penny for Sean White. And, you know, I don't blame him. Yeah, like, it's like, it's like Monopoly, right? You know, if you, ha- if you have Boardwalk and, you know, the Elks have Park Place, you're not just going to give up Park Place for, you know, you know the, the cost of what it's worth. No, 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 you're gouging them for, you know, everything they have kind of thing, right? So, and that's, you know, that's the flip side of the strategy is Walters is like, well, it's not losing its game, so I'm not, I'm not giving up, you know, the baby in the bathwater for, for Sean White when we're not even losing games over it yet, right? So, uh, so I, I bet there, there's a little bit of a, you know, a chess match going on be, between the GMs there where, you know, even because, uh, you know, even the Red Black GM, I'm sure Walters has been talking to him too about their picker. So, you know, there's, there's, they're definitely talking. There's a lot more strategy behind the scenes that, that you know, that people don't usually account for. Um, that I'm sure is happening, and it'll and it'll be interesting to see you know what happens with the Elks as they progress, and 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 if you know if if the kicking with the Blue Bombers gets a little bit better or not, and to see how desperate the Blue Bombers get the closer we get to the playoffs. We have this uncanny thing going where we talk about something the week of, and then eventually. It either happens the next week or it gets totally thrown out the next week. So I'm going to ask you to put your GM hat on. If you're Kyle Walters of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, what are you willing to give up to get a kicker right now? To get a kicker right now, like if I'm talking to the, if I'm talking to the Elks, um, I'm giving them a first round draft pick, at least a first and maybe a second for a couple reasons. The Canadian talent on the Elks isn't great. They need more. They have, they have a couple, you know, Kweku Boateng, great stud player from Laurier. He's, you know, he'll be in the league for a long time, but you know, next to that, you're, you're struggling to name some Canadians on that team. Yeah. Right. And everyone knows, you know, the, the team that usually wins the great cup is the team with the greatest Canadian content. That's just the fact of the CFL. It's been like that for literally ever. So I know if I'm Kyle Walters, the Elks need, draft picks. They need good Canadian talent. And historically, Winnipeg's first and second round draft picks haven't really panned out that well. <laughs> no, they haven't. You know, usually where where the draft picks pan out for the the Blue Bombers is in like the third, fourth, fifth kind of round. Like that's their sweet spot. Those are the guys that stick around on the Blue Bombers for the longest time. Yep. So you know if I'm if I'm Walters, I'm giving up those those first and second round picks. You know, if you know, in my mind, I'm like, whatever. We don't need them. Like, they end up not really working out for us anyway. Plus, we need a kicker. Yep. Plus, they need Canadian content. So, like, it's kind of a it's it's a win 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 for everyone, except for you know the Elks losing Sean White. But you know, whatever. Yeah, like he's not there. He's not their missing piece to to success. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So. Um, so you know that that would be like kind of my approach. Is I would I would try and gives like especially the Elks like first round picks and even if it even if it kind of went into like later years you know give them like you know two or three years worth of picks because here's the thing about Winnipeg that's unusual more unusual than most teams is guys want to stay here yeah you don't see guys leave usually and and usually when guys leave it's because the team has replaced them with someone else already so 
You know what I mean? Like, so we're not as dependent on drafts and things like that because guys want to be here and, and that guys want to be here. So we have that ability to kind of, re, you know, replace the turnover if there is any, which usually there isn't much turnover. Yeah, you know, it's going to be really interesting. We'll talk And we'll talk about it later on in the year, maybe as a wrap. Like, the just the Winnipeg Blue Bombers window of contention. So I think fans are always wondering how long the good times are going to last. And I think we, we've we been kind of spoiled the last, uh, you know, two runs the Bombers are making, including this one, that, uh, you know, we do have a lot of the same guys. So it's going to be really interesting to see what your thoughts are when it comes to this window of contention going forward. Talking with John Rush on uh, Bombs Away here. Uh, a couple of things from the game, uh, 30-3 to win over Edmonton. A couple of things I don't think either of us have ever seen. Have you ever seen... Three safeties in one game, like enough to the like they had enough safeties to win that game outright. That was uh, that's one of the crazier stats I think I've ever seen. That is an absurd stat. <laughs> that is uh, like three safeties in general is an absurd stat, but then three safeties could have won them the game. On top of that, is another you know like it's like that. No, I haven't. No, absolutely not. I think. I'm trying to think of my football career. I think I've been a part of two games that have had a safety in it. Maybe. <laughs> like, and I played football for 17 years. You know, I, I don't even know how many games that equates to, but it's a lot. And I've only ever been a part of two safeties. Like, that's insane. Like, even when you're watching, like, the NCAA, you maybe see, like, one or two uh, like a week, and there, you know, there's hundreds of NCAA games on all the time, right? So yep. safeties are extremely rare. So to have three in one game is, it like I was just like, man, what is happening? Like this is like this is insane. Now to go to something that we have seen in many football games before, things did get a little bit testy. Um, and the question I'm going to pose to you is: Was Winnipeg running up the score and rubbing it in? Or is Edmonton just being a little too sensitive because it's been a rough season for them? Or is it somewhere in the middle? What did you think about Edmonton and the way they reacted uh, to the Bombers, you know, scoring uh, some more points when the game was already in hand? Yeah, you know what? I I struggle with that sometimes because sometimes, you know, teams do do that. You know, teams do, you know, they're, they're throwing 60-yard bombs when they're already up 30 points and things like that. And, and but, like, the flip side is, you know, if you don't like it so much, stop it. Yeah. Like, there, there, there's an easy solution. Stop them. Like, don't let them do it. And then, you know, like, and that's, like, that's part of the, you know, that's, that's sports. And if you, if you don't like it, then, you know, that's kind of your own. It's, it, it's the ball's in your court. You know, you're on that field. You can stop them. And, and so, so when, when I see, like, guys on, on the Elks, you know, get all emotional about it and kind of like get testy because of it and throw temper tantrums. I'm like, I'm like, first of all, they're not really running up the score that much. Like 30 points is not running up the score. Like if, you know, if, if they were, you know, if they were throwing 60 yard bombs and it was, you know, 50 to three or 60 to three, I'd be like, all right, like, you know, let, all right, let's tone it down here. But like 30 points is not a lot. And like, what, what do you, what do you want Winnipeg to do? Neil, yeah. the rest of the game. Like, what, what, what can we do? Like, sorry, you can't stop our offense. <laughs> like, we're not just 
gonna kneel the rest of the game. Like I, I it sometimes confuses me when people get upset about that because I'm like, well, and then and then the flip side is, you know, okay, so we don't, you know, quote unquote, run up the score, and it's instead of thirty to three, it's only twenty one to three. That's still a relatively close game in the CFL. You know, that you're really not that far out. I've been a part of comebacks that were 18 points before in the last two minutes and 30 seconds of the game. You know, if we want to go back to that Montreal game, you know, we came, we got, you know, we got two onside kicks in a row and, and we, we, we won that game in overtime. Like 18 points is not a lot. Like, so um, in the CFL, right. So yeah. what do you like that? Like, that's my question is like, what do you want us to do? Neil? Like, yeah. uh, like if you don't, you know, if you don't like it, like I said, stop us or don't play football. Like I, it's just like it's just like a very weird reaction to playing the game properly. Yeah, like, but I get I, it from their point of view too. It. You get it from their point of view. You're frustrated. You've been trying your yeah. hardest. It hasn't worked out. They do something that you consider borderline at best, and you're just like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to hit somebody. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you, I get it. Yeah, like you know, the there there are emotions, but like you know, there's there's you know, there's appropriate outlets for those, you know, emotions. Well, the thing is, it's football. Like, line up and go cork somebody in the play. Like, like you said, make a play. You have that opportunity. Exactly. And you play them again next week. Exactly. And it's not like it's basketball where if they do something, it's illegal to go tackle them. It's like, like, bro, we we play, like, one of the most violent sports on this planet. Like, it's fully legal to go light them up the next play yes. like within reason. Well, even like, even out of reason, you may get a ten or fifteen yard penalty. I yeah. think you will survive. It's, well, exactly right, <laughs> but it's but like all this other extracurricular stuff. I'm just like, like come on, man. Like it's you're you're playing a game. If you don't like it, don't play. Like if you're gonna get this crazy, you know. Like I get it. Like like you said, I get it. Like you're frustrated. Like don't get me wrong. Like, I've been a part of some bad teams. Not you know, fortunately, not ever in the CFL, but like. Uh, in college and, and, and the semis and stuff like that. Like, I've, you've been a part of some bad teams where you are very frustrated. But at the same time, you're a grown man. You've got to be able to control your emotions well enough not to be doing crazy stuff, right? Absolutely. Uh, John, we got some, before we continue, we got some breaking news here this morning. Uh, the Edmonton Elks have put veteran quarterback Trevor Harris on the trade block. Uh, surprise? Really? Well, <laughs> I guess, yeah. You, surprised? <laughs> Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, I, that's bold. Yeah, but is, I know you were high on uh, Cornelius when you first saw him, but uh, he did not. He does not seem CFL ready just yet. But is oh, this God, no. just is this another maybe message to Kyle Walters that Edmonton is uh, the, it's the fire sale is ready to to happen here? Uh, I'm not sure if the message is specifically to Kyle. Walters. No, it, but to the league. But you think Kyle yeah. Walters is hearing it? Like, okay. Oh, Fire yeah. sale. Yeah, no, that's exactly. I'm sure. I'm sure. As soon as Walters heard that news, he was calling quite a few people, being like, "Let's get Sean White." Like, so because that this that's exactly what this signal is is a fire sale. They are a sinking ship. They're just selling off as much. I've seen it a couple times before. They're selling off as much as they can. They they humanly can, and they're going for a, an absolute full rebuild. Uh, it's actually kind of sad to see because the Elks organization used to be pretty great, but this demise has been a pretty big one. Um, 
especially with all that happened in the offseason with them and now selling off Trevor. Trevor Harris is, one, still a very good quarterback, and two, like you said, Cornelius is, is certainly not ready. To, like he, he's, he's good. He's athletic. He's a good football player, but he's not. He needs work still. Like absolutely, he needs a lot of work still. Like he just came here. He just came to Canada. <laughs> like he doesn't know what's going on, right? Like it's a completely different game that he's ever seen before. So uh, he's got some, you know, he's got some learning under his belt. So so seeing this is 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 shocking, honestly, uh, especially because of how good Trevor Harris is. Like yeah, he's. Um, but I'm assuming the Red Blacks will pick him back up, which well, is actually kind of ironic. This is, yeah, well, this is from the Three Down Nation. Justin Dunk just did a, a great story on this, and, and I won't uh, mention it all. Go check it out for yourselves. But uh, it says, uh, main reason why Harris has been left off the roster for tonight, so he's not even going to be playing tonight, uh, keeping the potential asset healthy if a deal comes together. Brock Sutherland, GM, has communicated with Harris, so he is well aware of what's been going on. There's communication between the Elks and the Alouettes following Vernon Adams Jr. breaking a bone in his left shoulder. The trade deadline in the CFL has been set for Wednesday, October the 27th at 5 p.m. Eastern. So Harris to Montreal makes a lot of sense. Definitely. Harris to Montreal definitely makes a lot of sense. I could see that, uh, especially with the recent injury. Um, you know, like I said, too, I could see him going to Ottawa. I think, I think with, uh, you know, we still got 12 days till that deadline. So I think it'll be an interesting 12 days, to say the least, because usually things don't happen, you know, real, real quick like that, especially when you got some time. So that'll be, uh, that'll be, it'll be interesting to see if the Red Blacks want to pony up and, and pay to get Harris to them. Yeah, there's still time in the season they can make a jump. It, that's going to be really interesting. Uh, let's get back to the Bombers and the Elks here. We talked about the the dust-up. We talked about uh, Winnipeg just kind of rolling through. If you're Edmonton, how do you deal? Like, how have you been dealing with it this week? You've, you've been spanked by the Bombers twice. What are, where's your mindset going to the field today? Do you think about those past two games? Are you... Just trying to put those in the in the in the dumpster. How do you deal with going to the field knowing you got beat handily last week and you got the same team again this week? You know, it's actually kind of interesting when you look at the stats behind uh, teams that play back to back games against each other, and usually they don't do um, well in the second game. Like, so, you know, usually the team that dominated the first game, the second game, the majority of the time, they don't do well. So if you understand that as the Elks, it gives you hope, at least, right? It's like, yes, we just got our butts handed to us. Yes, we, we you know, we're not having a great season. But if we do the right things this week, we have a good chance of, you know, kind of giving it back to them. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's where, you know, that's why I always talk about, you know, I do hate stats because no, I don't hate stats, but I hate when people focus so much on stats because it's, it's easy for them to lie. It's like, yes, the majority of the time uh, that happens, but it doesn't account for the discrepancy in talent between these two teams. Right. So, um, you know, it, if I, if I'm the Elks, I'm just basically trying to focus on that stat being like, you know, yeah, yeah, like, you know, we did get our butts kicked, but, you know, like, 
the majority of the time, if we do the right things, they're going to come in here and they're not going to be as well prepared. We're going to be more prepared. We're going to have a, like, now it's our turn to kind of like have that chance. Uh, like I said, whether they actually are able to execute will be in a whole different story. Yeah. But that's like, that is the stat behind, you know, all of this. Absolutely. Uh, from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers side of things, John, they got a chance to clinch a playoff spot tonight. The only team in the CFL that can punch their ticket to the postseason. Is that discussed? Is that kind of stuff? Uh, are you guys aware of that in the locker room? And uh, if so, is it added motivation? How, how do you guys deal with uh, the thought of uh, clinching a postseason berth? And how will the Bombers deal with that tonight? Yeah, it it, it is. Like it is kind of discussed, but it's not, it's certainly not something that's focused on. You know, you're trying to, you know, you're just really trying to focus on doing your thing. You know, you're you're going in just like any other game. And and here's the thing: if you if you prepare every week like it's the Grey Cup, then when it becomes the Grey Cup, you don't have to change your routine at all, right? So, um, you know, that's what they try and focus on a lot is just kind of going in there like it's any other week. Um, and doing their thing. Obviously, uh, you know they're grown men. They're not stupid, and you know they are they are aware of the stakes and things like that. But um, I wouldn't like that's not something that was was ever you know focused upon. That was it was almost discouraged to focus on that or even talk about it. So they're they're just kind of going in there like it's it's any other week, and they're just doing their thing. All right, but you since you're since you're not playing anymore, you can be honest, and and the coaches won't get mad at you. If the Bombers clinch tonight, like you've clinched uh, on teams before playoff spots, will there be a party, and and will the guys get into one a little bit? I like I don't know. <laughs> I I'm actually I'm actually curious, especially with their the you know I don't know if the the rules have changed much for them. Um, with all the, you know, with all the quarantine stuff. But, uh, like, definitely the guys are going to get together. No doubt. No doubt. Like, so I used to, I used to bring, when I was on the team, what I brought to the table is I would bring a rock band up every year. And, uh, and after game, that's the thing. All these people are like, oh, like, you probably go to bars and, you know, like, party and, and drink and do all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't think you know the amount of times that me and, like, Matt Nichols, would play Nickelback on Rock Band the night uh, after a game, and just like there was like twenty of us crushing beers playing Nickelback uh, in our house, and so it's like it's I like the, like the Bombers organization's a bit different like that, where the guys are just kind of like all like a solid crew of, of dudes that just like to hang out and kind of drink beers and, and like play Rock Band, like so like like party, I guess. But like, not like most people probably think of a party. That is that is pretty cool. I think fans would uh, would get a kick out of hearing that. Uh, John, we got to talk about a couple of players here. Um, uh, first guy I want to bring up. He's about to suit up for his hundredth game as a Winnipeg Blue Bomber. What can you say about the the career of Stanley Bryant Jr. and just how amazing he has been for this organization and, and for this uh, for this team over the years? Yeah, it's, you know, Stan, big Stan, is a, he is, he's a pillar, just an absolute pillar uh, of this organization. Uh, he's so crucial to that O-line and, and that O-line room. I, 
I sat in meetings with him for, you know, three, three years listening to him talk and how he communicates and just how he prepares, how, how intelligent he is. Like he is the reason, you know, the O-line in general is the reason, you know, the majority of the time our offense does so well and Andrew Harris does so well, but, um, but Stanley Bryant specifically is just, he's on a whole other level of, of O-line like readiness. And, uh, you know, it was really awesome to be in that room and to hear him and, and to, you know, to see how he does things. And it's just, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy to see, you know, where he, where he's come from and then to where he's at now is, is, is really awesome. And, you know, and nothing but the best to him because he is, uh, you know, he's a, he's a solid dude. Um, and, you know, I, I love playing with him. So yeah, I'm super happy for him. Hall of Famer. I couldn't imagine. I, I I would be absolutely shocked if he wasn't. Hundred games, the way that he's played at an elite level, won probably more Grey Cup rings coming down in his future. Yeah, I would say. Uh, one oh, bomber, uh, bomber in and out here. We'll go with the bomber that's out first. Uh, Jamarcus Hardrick, big loss for the Bombers. Uh, you know how do they how do they compensate for for Hardrick being out? Yeah, that's tough. It's a tough loss. Uh, Hardrick, as everyone knows, is a, a huge energy uh, on that team. You know, he's he's huge for morale. He's huge for you know the guys getting the guys kind of going uh, and just and just knowing, like just straight up knowing, you have a guy like Yoshi on on your side on that field is a game changer. Like an absolute like like if I'm going. If I'm going into a war with somebody, knowing that Yoshi is beside me, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, like I can do this. You know, knowing that Yoshi is on the other side, I'm like, I might not make it out. Like, <laughs> so, so yeah, huge loss. Like Yoshi is 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 huge for so many reasons. You know, not not only is he uh, an amazing like athlete and football player, but he's also you know, just like I said, you know, great for the great for morale and just great for guys' confidence. And you know, I'm sure, I'm sure Caleros loves having that guy in front of him, right? And same with Stanley. But uh, you know, uh, what I envision happening, and, and they've done it before, uh, they'll probably move Newfield out to tackle, uh, move Eli to guard, and and then kind of bring in Jeff Gray into the. Uh, Jeff Gray into the lineup as a yeah, as a backup in case anything happens throughout the game. So you know it, it's still you still got you still got that depth, right? You know Newfeld's been been in the league forever. He's our starting guard, so you know it's not like you're really losing out too much. And he he's been he's been put, put in that position before, so you know he's still going to get the job done. Um, and and Eli, you know, from, from all I can see and from all I've heard, he had a you know he had a great camp. Uh, it's his, you know, it's his technically second year now. Um, he's been able to grow and, and come into it and and things like that. So from what from what I understand, he, you know, he's going to do well as well. So, um, you know, it, it's nice having that depth, but uh, you know, not having Yoshi there, uh, even just for the confidence and morale, is a huge loss. Now, one guy returning to the lineup after his one game suspension, Kenny Lawler. Uh, he he. Do you think he's got something to prove tonight? Like, do you think he wants to uh, 
to have a big game tonight to just kind of you know, not only get back into rhythm, but just kind of quiet all the noise that maybe was been around in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, no, 100%. And, and, you know, usually, generally how these things happen is they go kind of one or two ways here. You know, they, uh, you know, a guy comes back from something like this, he's got something to improve, he's got a chip on his shoulder, he kind of goes crazy to prove it, or he kind of shuts down. And, you know, from what I know of Kenny, he's going to try and, you know, he's going to try and fight and he's going to try and prove himself on that, on that field. So uh, my hope is he just doesn't let the other team get to him because, uh, you know, the Elks are certainly going to be testing him the entire time, saying things to him, uh, trying to make him lose his cool, uh, trying to get him out of his game and things like that. So, you know, that'll be, you know, that'll be something that he needs to, you know, he needs to be kind of aware of. And, and try and mitigate and and but you know from what I know of Kenny he's got a chip on his shoulder now and he's going to try and, and go for 200 yards yeah and that's going to be really entertaining to watch all right before we get your prediction for tonight's game I want to just say congratulations to you and your family you attended your sister's wedding not too long ago and uh, you looked very stylish how long did it take you to do your hair and who took longer you or her uh you know what it's actually funny uh, because it took me all of five minutes to get ready because I had to race out the morning of the wedding and get a bunch of uh, stuff done. So uh, when I came back, it, everyone was like, oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's 1.20, and we're going to the venue in 10 minutes, so you need to be ready. And I'm like, oh, okay. That sounds good, and I just raced into my bedroom and threw on my suit. You know, I like just I just threw my hair to the side, kind of thing. I was just like, "Oh, here we go. That's good enough for me." That's great. How did uh, Bone and Bailey take to you not being around for a couple of? For, well, I don't know how long you were gone, but how do they deal with you when you're not around? They, you know what? It was funny because I was I was getting pictures of them. I was checking in on them, and, and uh, they're just like they are. They're just they're just sleeping. They're, they have done nothing but sleep the entire. I was gone for I was gone for forty eight hours, and uh, they're just like I was getting pictures of them sleeping in the living room. I was getting pictures of them sleeping in the kitchen. Like they just they just moved around different spots and slept the like literal in forty eight hours, and I wasn't there. It was, I was like, yeah, that's pretty on brand for them. To be honest. <laughs> uh, you passed uh, twenty thousand Twitter followers. I know that. Uh, that mark is important to you because of, of all that you've done with rescuing dogs and getting uh, more dogs into homes. So uh, over 20,000 followers now. Pretty amazing run you've been on, John. Yeah, no, thank you. I, uh, you know, it's, sometimes you, know, you feel like you're kind of just doing things and it's not doing anything, and then all of a sudden you're at 20,000 followers, and you're like, oh, wow, like, that's actually, that's actually kind of cool. Like, I actually kind of did something there. So, uh, yeah, so it's... You know, for the most part, followers don't really mean things, but at the same time, like, those followers are real people, and they do care about my life, so it's it's really cool that I have such an like, awesome community there that, uh, you know, that loves loves hanging out and, and, and kind of chat with me about my life and, and, and sharing everything. All right, so tonight is the night, Bombers versus Elks. Before we get into the prediction, your vegan meal of tonight, what do you uh, plan on having, and maybe what can other people who are listening now uh, maybe get into themselves? Oh, man, I am going with a big pasta bowl tonight. I am, I've been craving pasta all week. I haven't been able to, to make anything, but I make uh, my mom. My mom's Italian, and she makes 
a really good pasta sauce. So I'm making her pasta sauce, and I'm gonna make it with uh, I'm gonna make it a meat sauce, uh, a quote unquote meat sauce with some uh, impossible ground beef. Uh, it's, it's vegan. It's amazing. It's my favorite, and uh, I'm gonna make that into probably with rigatoni. My my favorite pasta shape is the rigatoni, the big tubes. I love the big tubes. So uh, do that and do that with a little bit of uh, vegan parmesan. It's you know it, it just brings it back to it's just you know it's getting it's getting colder out. It's you know you, you want kind of that comfort food that's gonna fill you up, make you feel good, make you you know make you all warm inside. You know heat up the body a bit, bring it back to your childhood. So that. You know, big old possible is what I'm having. That is awesome. It does sound delicious. And I like how the most excited you got outside of football was talking about what you're going to eat tonight. That's always good. Yeah, a huge fan of food. <laughs> John, uh, but next week we'll get into if you have Bone and Bailey's Halloween costumes picked out. I wonder if you guys are going to do like a trio costume. We'll discuss that next week. We'll break down what happened in the Bombers versus the Elks. We'll preview a little bit as well if the Bombers may make a move at kicker if they clinch a playoff spot. So lots of ifs heading into next week. Before that, of course, let's get your prediction. Are you bold enough to perhaps throw out a shutout prediction the way the Bombers' defense has been playing, or are you thinking Edmonton makes it a little closer than fans in Winnipeg would like? I I am not a gambling man. I am not. I don't like gambling. So uh, I I will not say they're going to shut them out. Even even, and that's not you know that's not a shot on the defense that because. Um, the defense has been lights out, like uh, like absurdly lights out, no doubt about it. Uh, but to to pitch a shutout in the CFL is an extremely difficult thing to do. I I, I don't think they're going to pitch a shutout. I, I'm struggling. I'm struggling this week. I, I don't I don't know how to feel about this game at all. So I think you know I think it'll still be a. I think the the Blue Bombers still, you know, the, the Blue Bombers still win. I think it's going to be probably thirty to thirteen for the Blue Bombers. That's you know, I, from wh- everything I can tell, everything I can see, the Blue Bombers are still going to walk away with this one. But I can't imagine that the Elks don't do something to switch up and at least score points here. <laughs> I, I know you're holding yourself back a little bit. I think that you're 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 just not quite willing to say it's going to be an absolute blowout because, like you keep saying, uh, Edmonton's getting paid too. They are very very talented and they're not happy with their themselves. So they they should come with their best foot forward tonight. But you still got Winnipeg coming out on top. Hey, well, yeah, no, exactly. Well, I mean, like that's exactly it. It's like they're getting paid too. But like from what I've seen in the past this year, it's just like it's, it feels like not like a regular year where um, where usually like the other team getting paid is you know will be like super upset this week, uh, so they're going to come out like guns swinging. So I'm like, are they going to come out guns swinging? It's just like there's just like there's just so many like I don't know like the or, like the whole organization's kind of a mess right now where I'm just not like and then I'm announcing that. Like that, like that seems like a pretty bold thing to announce the day of a game. Yeah, like that, like that Harris is on the trading block. Like, yeah, that doesn't like, send a great that, message to that locker room, does it? Boy, exactly right. Like, what's that? What's that do for your player morale of that team? Like, oh, so the, so all the players now know that you're basically throwing the season. Uh, okay, 
You know what I mean? Like, so, okay, so the GM's throwing the season, like, why am I trying then, right? So, yeah. um, and, you know, obviously people have personal pride and things like that, but it's still, you know, if, if the whole team's not on board, it's very difficult to, you know, win win things in the CFO. So, yeah, it just, it just you know, like, nor, like in normal situations, yes, like, the 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 Elks would have a better chance at this game and things like that, but this, this year just doesn't seem normal to say the least absolutely and you know what next week we'll we'll also discuss uh audition games because you know like uh tonight could be one of those games where players are thinking okay i want to stand out because i want to get out and i maybe want to go to a team that uh that's going to go on a run so we'll talk more about audition games coming up next week as we get closer to the trade deadline bombers edmonton tonight john predicting a 30 13 win for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He's usually pretty close. We'll see what he can do tonight. John, as always, thanks for the time, my man, and best of luck uh, you know, in cooking dinner tonight, and all the best to you, Bailey, Bone, and your family. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. It's always, it's always, uh, it's always fun being able to chat with you about, uh, about football. I don't get that as much now, so really appreciate you taking the time. I'm going to spend the rest of this week coming up with a question that uh, has you pause and say, oh, good question. Didn't get one of those yeah. this week, but you know what? Next week, I'm going for two. How's that? There you go. There you go. Go big or go home. Thanks, John. Always appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. That's it. The Country 107 Morning Show with Dave Anthony. Weekday mornings only on Country 107.